Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. We are here to talk about the challenge, Spies, Lies, and Allies, Episode 9. My name is Alan Aguirre, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host. We have the Canadian, Miss Nikki Sin. Hello, hello, hello. I'm in my spooky gear. Don't worry. Yeah, spooky season, and we got the Southern Gentleman, Luke Muncy. What's up, guys? I'm in a pajama shirt. And we did not have Nikki last week, and last week was really weird uh, because... We got a mediocre episode of the challenge mixed with a Big Brother finale, a Survivor episode two, and so like barely anyone watched the challenge. But you're here for us again this week, and Nikki's back with us this week, and we got, in my opinion, a banger of a competitive episode of the challenge, one that like had me invested the entire way through. How did you guys feel? I loved it. Pretty good. The past few weeks have been a little stale. I only have one complaint. Too much Hunter Barfield. A lot. There was so much. Far, far too much. I forgot like, about this man. We'll touch on it, I'm sure, but the first reference of him was just like in passing, and I put in my notes, did they just mention Hunter? And that was just shot out of the water. He was mentioned, shown, old clips, old rivalries, new rivalries. Too much Hunter. But otherwise, phenomenal. They don't, when, when someone's not on a season, they almost never talk about them, and Hunter hasn't been on in three and a half seasons. So it was very, the amount of times his name got dropped was like crazy to me. Whenever I mentioned him in an article, I'm like, it feels kind of dated because that's how long he hasn't been on the show. But yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of weird Hunter Barfield references, but it, it made sense in the grand scheme of things. And it was a good episode. We had a lot of competition. We're going to first talk about the house drama, house life element, which there isn't that much in this episode, but it wasn't a bad thing because they filled in all the other parts perfectly. Uh, to kick us off, we see the house kind of being uneasy after Priscilla's move where she has made it so there are no more rookie-rookie pairs. Vets now have to go into elimination, and we see three different vets kind of with some heat on them. We see Josh nervous because he's partnering with Priscilla now, and that could put a target on them. Ashley's nervous because the last three seasons she's done, last few seasons she's done, she's been targeted very early. And Corey is partnered with Bettina, who has not gone into elimination, is looked at as kind of weak, and people are kind of seeing that he's playing the middle. Yeah. It was it was great to have that switch up from, okay, it's going to be these two rookies for sure in the elimination, to not knowing at all who's going in. I love that. Yeah, I... I usually find Corey's gameplay uh, a little boring, um, but it's nice to see they're actually giving it, you know, some spotlight where it's not just like he's like, oh, let's take down whoever the like showcase guy is like CT or bananas or like, you know, him just playing with Nelson. It was nice to see him sort of actually like come up with some sort of strategy. And uh, as usual, yeah. Josh is paranoid. So no, I was a bit stunned. I was like jaw jacked by the by the idea of Corey even having a target on him because the previous two seasons, the only reason he went into elimination was because you had to, to get a skull. And because he is kind of the house dad where he doesn't get into the drama anymore, but people are seeing through it. And I think part of the problem for Corey is that after CT, he's the strongest vet in the house. Whereas before that was Fessy. And now that Fessy has gone, people want to take out the guy that's beatable. Whereas they're just terrified of CT. Which is such a shame. I really wanted some targets to be on CT, which I guess there were. There was the reference, we've got to get these champs out. But that was just like breathed into existence. And then the thought of CT was just pushed to the side. I'm, I I was glad that housewife-wise, it wasn't just, you know, like I love the hookups, obviously, and I love the drama. But we could take it back just a notch for this week. And we did. And it was, well, I loved it. CT is playing the, that silent role. It's working out pretty well for him. Yeah, I mean, there have been so many hookups this season to that this point. It's like, all right, we're now in the game. And, like, we love hookups. We're all about it. But now it's episode nine. Give us some game, and people are starting to play. Uh, we see Logan and Big T have an interaction. They are a showmance. They are a little thing going on, even though MTV's kind of forgotten about them since that episode a few weeks ago. Um, they talk transparently about the game. They talk about who they would go after. Uh, what do you guys think about the two of them? Not a big Logan fan. I'm a big, big T fan, but Logan just is like stale corn chips. 
to me. Uh, and I, I couldn't really figure out his rationale as to why he wanted to go for Corey Nelson and Jeremiah. Like, yes, they're working together, but so are other people in the game. Uh, I'm I think confused. I think it's because Devin and Kyle are in his head mostly because, you know, they're guiding him and they are, I mean, Devin and Kyle are a pair and they see Corey Nelson as like their opposing pair. I think that's part of it. But I agree with you. Logan stinks. He's a charisma vacuum. I mean, he's a good competitor, but every time he talks, I'm just out of it. I I don't like him and BT, Big T together. I think that Big T could do so much better, even just showmance wise. I think this is good for her. You know, for to get some like good screen time, but like Logan, I just he gives me the ick. I I don't know. Maybe it's because he was paired with Anissa, and so he didn't get enough like airtime as a like a competitor. I want to point out too why I don't like him. A couple weeks ago, when they were showing like him and Big T together, I wasn't able to record that that podcast. He said sometimes relationships aren't about looks; they're about personality. He said that in regards to Big T. Who's a beautiful girl. So he's just he's just weird in my book. Yeah, I, I just he's he's a vacuum man. Like Big T, you could do better entertainment wise, just in every in almost every department. I mean, talented guy, but uh a little too full of himself. Someone who is fun and enjoyable is Mr. Ed, and he is in the background of every Agent scene. Ed. Agent Ed, he's in the background of every scene, dancing, having a good time, and what what I think is interesting about Ed, like what kind of turns me off a little bit, is that he's becoming a bit of a meme. Where you think that Ed is finally trying to talk politics with someone, and it's just him talking to a mirror with himself. And I don't know. I, he's very likable, but I want to see more out of him. It's so circle esque. That's his original show, of course. I couldn't even finish the last season of the Circle because it's so cheesy, and it's almost I love Ed. Want Ed back? All that good stuff. But it's almost like he's playing into that circle mindset of, yeah, I've got to be absolutely crazy and make people laugh at home. Sure, you can do that authentically, but it was so staged him just talking to the mirror. So I hope he can kind of divert away from that in the following episodes if he lasts any much longer. Uh, not looking great for him, by the way, because he's a target. Uh, but yeah, it's a little cheesy. I think he got too much... Um... I think he was inspired too much by Tori in her like earlier seasons where she was like, always oh, like this goofball when you wear like this fake mustache and like life of the party and do this and this. And then Tori was like, oh, no, this is like a physical competitive game. It's not like last comic standing. And- Arguably, though, like that, that part of the game is the easy part to Ed because he is physically strong. He is mentally capable. But yeah, I mean, he does have a girlfriend at home. So doing this corny stuff is maybe the most entertaining you can be when you can't really get into the drama or the showmats elements. Um, yeah, I just, I, just, I want to see more from him. I want him to be single if he does a future season. But it's not that we don't like Ed. It's that we want we see what he can potentially do and what he's yeah. doing right now. And that that's the main thing. <laughs> All silence now. We're like, yeah. Well, I'm just thinking. I'm thinking. Even with that, I still would like to see him back. Like, no, he yeah. Brings, he brings I, something that I feel like the other rookie guys just kind of haven't. So I'll gladly take him back, even if he's married with twelve kids. Yeah. I, all right. I like that we dance the same. That's <laughs> not well. And I like that me and him are built the same. Not at all. I wish. So, what we do find out about Ed is that there is a scene where Corey is outlining some of the alliances in the game. And this is part of gameplay, but I'm talking about it now because it's going to play into the daily challenge portion. Uh, Corey notes that there's the Big Brother crew, which is of Josh, Casey, and the noted Big Brother players, uh, Nani and Emmanuel. So uh, that's the Big Brother crew. Uh, makes sense. Uh, there is their, you know, New Age Young Bucks circle, which is, you know, himself. Nelson, Jeremiah, and uh, they also threw in like Priscilla in there too, which is a bit cute. And then they had the Devin crew, which is Devin, Kyle, CT, and Ed, which looks like a very strong bunch because they are going to play a single line type game. They are not going to deviate from anything, and they're just going to systematically like use their strength to win. I found this segment so interesting. They had a list. Oh my god, they had a list. But not really much reference of the females aside from the Big Brother Alliance. 
Tori is definitely with Devin and CT. It, it's very clear. But you would think that Corey and Nelson would be trying to pull in Ashley and Amanda. It would only make sense. Like, Nelson and Amanda are clearly really close friends. And I know that him and Ashley had their little weird stint. But you can get over that. And Corey and Ashley have been cool for several seasons now and are from the original show. I don't know. I didn't like how it was just like, oh, it's just the guys running the show. It, it's not. They, they put their bucket hats on and they said, let's disrespect some women. Let's just, we just Team won't buck, mention any. Uh, <laughs> their other young buck even got a shout out. Young buckets. The young bucket hats. Love it. That's what it was short for, right? <laughs> Maybe. I hope. I'm young and hip. Um, <laughs> I don't know. They also, I don't think they mentioned anything. Like they mentioned the groups that are together, but they didn't, didn't even try to look into any of their like strengths or weaknesses that they could, you know, sort of prey on. You know? Yeah, I mean, the, the the way this format goes is that even with these crews, so many people are afraid to make actual moves that you're just going to get the rookies who are on the outside thrown in against you in elimination because nobody wants to actually shake things up. Um, we're going to talk about that later in the politics portion. Uh, we're going to move into the daily challenge portion right now, which we got a hell of a daily challenge. Switching into the politics and gameplay portion, we saw a lot of politics this game where people are scrambling, trying to figure out where the votes are going. Uh, we see the Big Brother Alliance. We see Devin's crew. We see Ashley kind of being frantic. We see Corey trying to do the numbers on a notebook, not realizing that he does not have a majority. He only has a minority and isn't scrambling to get more. Uh, what comes to head is we get a conversation between Corey and Devin where – uh, Devin tells him, I want to see uh, a champ go into elimination because I want a veteran non-champion to win a season, which a lot of us want to see. And a little bit of this is smoke and mirrors from Devin. I so agree. It, it makes total sense to want to get the vets out. However, for Devin, it's just a deflection to take any target that might be there off him. Like, like Alan said, it's smoke and mirrors because he's not targeting CT. CT is in his alliance. Devin would rather take the chance and make it to a final with CT if it means he makes the final. He's not going to try to take out CT early on and then piss CT off and go home before that final. He's doing his, his puppet routine again, his puppet master routine. He Now Corey has it in his head where he's like, yeah, we got to get the, the champs out already. Yeah. Like, no, it, yeah. You, you didn't come up with that. <laughs> CT... I, I think we underrate how close Devin and CT really are, even like since double agents, like CT truly sees Devin as his number one guy. And like last season, he was like, he didn't want to face Devin in elimination. Cause like he truly likes him. And you do, CT doesn't have friends like this often on the show. And it's really bizarre to see that of all people in the world, it's become Devin. And I want to point out too, there are only three champs in the house. CT is not even being discussed at this point. It's Amber B and Ashley, both people who are extremely beatable in eliminations. It makes me curious, and I know that pretty much everybody that I'm about to say is banned, but if you had Jenny West, D, Kara, and Camilla as four champ girls in the house, would that still be the conversation? We've got to get these four girls out. Or would people be intimidated because, hey, they're probably pretty good at eliminations? Or moth face. You can tell me. I I think they'd be going after D for sure. Um, The thing is with people like Jenny and Cara Maria, they're like, hey, let's all partner with all the strong females and then just pick off the weak females one by one and let them battle amongst themselves because that's the gameplay they they do. Whereas Ashley plays a much more different chaotic game and Amber just has no leg to stand on. Um, So that's a clear difference. Whereas like, Kara plays a more male game. Jenny plays a more male type game. Whereas Ashley's willing to take big swings and the men are intimidated by that. I'm yeah. I Jenny was banned? I don't Well, Jenny's just boring. She'll never be back. <laughs> okay, well don't read my interview with her. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no no no. Read the interview and, I... and then get and then send hate to Luke. How yeah, dare you call her boring? Yeah. At yeah. Final recommend. I, listen, I love Jenny West. Bring her brolic ass back. Let's go for it. Uh, but yeah. Don't tell Ninja that. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> so, Alan just talked about like Ashley like making big swings. 
The Ashley that I love, that I've longed for for a little bit, I definitely saw come back this episode. I love Ashley, always have, but you know, not much has happened that's new in her game. She swooped in to a conversation with Devin, Kyle, CT, and Tori at the perfect moment. And I thought, yes, play this game. Show why you politically have made it to the end and won two seasons. Show us this. Just as they were talking about her, trying to get her out, which I love that CT was like, we shouldn't be getting her out. Ashley pops in at the perfect moment and knew exactly what to say to these people. And the first thing she said was to Tori, Tori, I'll be very honest with you. I would love to run a final with you. I feel like you would beat me. Now, whether or not Ashley believes that is not for us to say. She knew that that's all Tori needed. She needed her ego stroke to be like, wait, I'm on board with this. And then Ashley brought nothing but just straight logic to the people sitting there. And even Devin, who's a very, very smart guy, probably the smartest guy on the show, maybe after CT, was like, Ashley, that makes sense. I, I can't argue that. And if she had yeah, go for it. if she hadn't read the situation and been like, hmm, here's four power players who probably are in control of the numbers. Let me just bust this conversation. If she hadn't done that, the conversation would have continued to be, okay, Ashley has to go in. I actually thought the opposite. I thought Ashley talked a little bit too much. Um, I, I think like Ashley's very good in that deliberation, like pre-argue, like when she's in deliberation, she brings up straight facts and presents herself well. My problem with this was that it was looking again, a little bit too paranoid and that she's trying to like show them all this information when these people like they, they just want to keep it simple. They're very simple players like Devin, Kyle, CT. They, they, they have an idea and then they just run with it. When I'll you, yeah, go for it. I'll definitely disagree though, just because the conversation was that she was going in. I don't think anyone's ever made their mind up at deliberation. That's just a facade. So TJ can say you've got 15 minutes. I really think while it was paranoid and it was a, is a ploy, like you just said, like it was a big swing. And a, as we'll find out, it was a hit. She made the right decision. I think she was really smart about it because the things that she was saying were talking about like Corey's plans with things. And she was subliminally and like not, not so, not so subtly um, hinting that Corey needs to go in. And you think about it, like you see like Devin and Corey play the game together. Kyle and Corey, CT and Corey, like she's getting in and she, she figures that Tori's just going to do anything that Corey said, all these rhyming names can't do it. And she, she effortlessly pointed out like, here are Corey's numbers that you guys think you might be his ones, twos and threes, but it's, it's these people. My problem with it is more that it's delaying, delaying the inevitable. Um, Because it puts the target on Corey. Yes. But I think next week, it's like, wow, Ashley made a great speech. Let's throw her in now because now that Corey's gone, let's go for her. And that, that's my main thing was my, my solution to the problem is that she and Corey should have just had a conversation that was open and been like, hey, let's look at your numbers. Hey, let's look at my numbers. Because if let's just say this. You have Ashley. You have Amanda. You have Corey, Nelson, Jeremiah, Priscilla, Big T, Logan, uh, and then potentially Kyle, you now have the majority votes. And you could throw in CT and Emmy, which the Big Brother Alliance would be cool with, which Josh would be cool with. And in that scenario, Devin can't do anything. If you do that, then you just switch the game on its head. Whereas what they're doing right now, it's saving her for this episode and this week, and it looks brilliant, but then next week, the target's back on her. And that's the main issue with Ashley right now because she's just delaying the inevitable. Agree to disagree. <laughs> I'm just still thinking how it was very smart of the uh, the rookies to sort of stay quiet this episode. Oh, I agree. If, if you would have had, you know, Priscilla being like, my plan worked, like this, that, the other, it would have been dumb. <laughs> like, like, you know, and if you're going to let somebody blow up, let it be Ashley. And shockingly enough, it was Corey, who Alan said earlier, like, he's been viewed as the dad and no drama, calm. The second there was fire lit under him, like, he got really just into it. That much? <laughs> I do, I do want to know Priscilla. Really just good awareness, sharp mind. Um, she made her move last week, and then this week she has a little moment with Nani at the party. Um, 
where Nani's like, you're good, Priscilla, da 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 And Priscilla in her confession was like, Nani's an amazing person, but if you think I'm going to trust her after everything this season, I'm not. Which, Nani was 1,000% honest, but it shows that Priscilla, she's she's keeping one eye open. She's not a dumb rookie like everyone else this season. You, you got to keep an eye out for Selena. You can't, you can't sleep uh, on it. I am such a big fan of her because she's got a good read on the house right now. Like she, she made that big move last week that they said, if you make this move, like you're the target, she's effortlessly not the target. Yeah. If anything, she knew that if she pissed Ashley off enough, probably based on either watching previous seasons or just watching what's happening in the house this season, that Ashley's probably going to blow up. I would, I'd probably try to, you know, again, like I said, how Corey should have been writing down people's like, you know, pros and cons of them, their strengths and like their weaknesses. A weakness of both Ashley and Josh is that they are easily set off. You could very quickly put a target on them. Emmy, you could probably do the same thing. Yeah. uh, Priscilla's real good. I'm just. Yeah. Um, At the deliberation, uh, it's Corey versus Ashley. And, you know, they're going at each other. Uh, I think they both made fair points, but I think Ashley won. In large part, I'm going to give some credit to Amanda because uh, who you sometimes have as the person who is like your advocate on your side. um, That's what matters because they try to bring up how Amanda you know, she stepped down for elimination for Ashley, and Amanda's like, she's my friend, I'm staying by her, this is, you know, loyalty. And Nelson, who is uh, Corey's advocate, it gets, he gets yelly. And when you, you know, you yell and you get emotional, it makes them look weak. Yeah, and I felt like, I felt like Corey could have totally obliterated Ashley in this argument, mainly just because he's known her since the real world, real world days. What, what people always mess up with when they go after Ashley is when they call her a snake. And she even said, like, I wear the earrings just to play into it because you guys say this. I'm not really a snake. When she asks, who have I snaked besides Hunter? And you can't answer. You look like an idiot. And whether it was editing or not, like, he sat there dumbfounded because he didn't have an answer. Ashley is very loyal to who she plays with. You can't discredit that. And she had great reason to take money from Hunter, who we're talking about because he's on the show 16 times. And CT, I loved his confessional where he was like, Anybody in this room likely would have stole from their partner that season. Corey might not have just given the circumstances with Devin and his father, but if those weren't the circumstances, Corey would have stole the money and said, this is for Ryder. Nelson would have stole the money from Shane and been like, Shane doesn't need this. And (laughs) I don't like that they're like, Ashley, you won the million dollars and just gave Amanda $500. Like, even if she'd given her nothing, like it was a nice, friendly thing to do. But it wasn't like it was the final, and Amanda was like, I'm going to bow out so that you can go on, Ashley. And Ashley uh, also pointed out, Nelson, you sacrificed your game for Corey. He didn't win. What did he give you? A hey, spot he, on Team Mom. Yeah, he got a guest spot on Team Mom. Like that, That's what everyone wants at the end of the day. And I just want to know where the gift card is from. That's where I was curious. I'm like, what are we talking? We're talking Sephora? We're talking Starbucks? What, what is this? What is this from? What is it to? Burger King. <laughs> $500 worth of Whoppers. <laughs> oh, it's just too funny. And and it was it was ridiculous, though. Like, I'd hate to talk about Hunter again, but it, it's just nostalgic in some ways. Whenever Nelson was like, and Amanda, he stole from our friend. I'm like, Hunter trashed the crap out of Amanda after that season. On the next season was very ugly to her. Like... It just was a lot for me. There's there's a reason he's he's not on there anymore. It would be different if Hunter and Amanda were still friends and like kept in contact, but like they they were on Are the One Three together. That and after Final Reckoning, their friendship just dissolved. For me, when people on the on, like on the challenge are like, oh, like we go back, like oh we like our friends stuff like that. It just reminds me of people that you like went to college with or like people that you used to work with. And you don't really talk to them anymore. And they're like, but you're supposed to have my back. I'm like, okay, but, you know, that was like a long time ago. Yeah. I want to point out too what Alan said about having the right person in your corner. If Ashley hadn't had Amanda here, she would have spiraled. It would have been horrible. She probably would have been the house vote. 
But Amanda's in a vet vet team with Kyle. She kept her calm. She is friends with Nelson. She's cool enough with Corey. I feel like, yet again, Amanda is saving Ashley's game, even if it is just temporary. Yeah, I mean, Amanda's just killing it. The way people talk about her coming out of the season, not named Verna, um, (laughs) she's doing really well socially, politically. And, I mean, I don't know, maybe her and Kyle are a sleeper pair. Um, Corey and Bettina end up being the house votes. Uh, Bettina, she tells Corey, it's like, well, if we win this elimination, I'm taking CT and you're taking Casey. And even though this girl that gets like no camera time wasn't talked in this deliberation at all, she's very aware of the game. It's just like she looks like she's in a different world. But whenever she speaks, she says the right things. Like when she was talking to Amber B last week in the club. But Tina is a little bit smarter than she looks. And here's where I think she's maybe better off than even some of the vets in this game. I don't think she's nervous or anxious. She knows well, this could be it for me, but if I do make it, it's CT. Like even in the club the week before, she's like, if it's me, I'll go in. We'll see later in the episode because she just said that the house vote before the elimination, she's not even anxious. She's like, here's what I'm good at. We're going to do our best. And I think we can do it. She's so level headed. And even if you're not the best athlete, you're not the fastest thinker, the fastest thinker crumbles when they're anxious. If you're not anxious, she's looking pretty good. I I want to know what it's like to live a life without anxiety. I I strive for it. What's what's that like? I was anxious hearing you talk about the anxiety. <laughs> You're like she doesn't have anxiety. My palms are all sweaty. And it it, it played out in the elimination, which we're going to talk about right now. Moving into the daily challenge portion now, and we had a really good daily challenge where players had to jump into a mud pit, grab a ball, go up the hill, put the ball in a bucket their teammate would then go down that same hill go into that mud pit grab a ball do it five times and when you do it the first five teams to finish uh they are going on to the next round and they had it eliminated down to three teams and then one winner what was key was that to get the final fifth ball in each round there was like a limit of how many teams could win and how many balls were available so once it got down to that final ball in each heat um we just saw players tackling and trying to murder one another. And that led to a lot of strategy where people had to team up, team up on one another. Uh, for starters, let's talk about that first heat. Emmanuel and Casey are the first team to finish. Emmanuel is like one of the strongest players in this game. He's speeding up and down like crazy. He's, I think, CT's biggest threat in a final right now. And Casey, we all know she's awesome. If they can maintain being a pair or something like that till the end of the game that's a dangerous duo and i want to point out too he's definitely a final threat but a lot of times final threats can be thrown into elimination and lose because they're often just i don't want to say he's frail he's definitely not frail but he's definitely smaller than a lot of the guys there so put him in a hall brawl against Corey, ct nelson even like he's very i don't want to say petite what's the word i'm looking for he's He's lean he's lean that's the perfect word uh, and that's dangerous in the final. That like, and he's on no one's radar. Yeah, he's he's being smart about it. I'll I'll say time and time again, he can drink my blood. But I am afraid that he has the intensity of Emmy, where it will also be for Romania, and he could take someone down in a hall brawl. You don't know. But he's yeah, got he, the. I'm I not thought, comparing yeah. his stature to Amber, but they are both lean uh, individuals. He's bigger than I thought, though. Like, the, like I thought he was going to be much smaller, and then you watch him compete, and he can hold his own with the bigger guys, and I think he would have went in a lot earlier if he was that small. He's bigger than a Jay Starrett type. He had, you know, he's got some forearm muscle to him. Um, then we see Nelson and Big T just sneak up and come in second place, which, good shit, Big T. <laughs> Killed it. I was, like, screaming at the screen. I was like, get up, Big T. Yeah, I'm happy for her. Um, I feel like if Amber was this the same heat with Amber B and Nani? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. like yeah. If Amber B hadn't set on Nani, I feel like No, no, no. this is this is uh this is a different this is the first heat. So disregard right. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, Logan and Nani, they win their heat because no one wants to touch Nani because everyone loves Nani. Uh this it went the same way in War of the Worlds one during like a like a like one of their similar early challenges. Where Nani just walked across, like, why is nobody touching me? 
it just like because everyone loves Yunani. No one's going to attack you like that right now. Uh, Devin and Amber, they win their heat, which Amber continues to just kill these challenges. And then the last heat, it comes down to a bunch of teams. Josh gets murdered at one point. Uh, people are just going all around, all around. And Corey, he tries to you know take the ball from Josh and then pass it to Jeremiah, which puts a target on his back. Uh, in the end, Kyle sees a loose ball and he throws it to Ed and Ed goes up and wins. Kyle sees this as, well, Ed is partnered with Ashley. Ashley will never throw me in because I'm partnered with Amanda, which is very smart reasoning. Whereas Corey's pass just led to problems for him. And I understand Corey's thought process. I'm with Bettina. She's not been in yet. She's probably going to go in. But why make that target even bigger? Like, just let Josh have it, to be honest. You know he's in one of the big alliances that you're not a part of. He would look very highly upon that and try to save you. Yeah, and, and like Josh isn't going to come for you because Josh isn't going to win the daily. It's, that's just simply not going to happen unless it's based solely on his partner's performance. Because I'm sure Priscilla could win it on her own. I also really liked two things. One, I'd like to note that Ed and Ashley were the first ones to sort of uh, note out the strategy of taking all, all because you had to have uh, the, the color of the ball specific to your team. So they just took all their pink ones and just threw them close enough to to where their station was. And I was like, this is a great strategy. And of course, everybody else did that. And I was like, good. Um, also, the look on Priscilla's face as Josh and Corey are fighting. You ever like watch someone on a first date, you see them at like a restaurant, you see them like immediately regret it. Like Priscilla was like, <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah. She stuck it to Ashley, but at what cost? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the old Kevin Hart joke. It's like, you ever see your dad get in a fight and then lose the fight? You lose a lot of respect for him in that moment. <laughs> and like Josh, he got tackled. He got, like, here's the thing. Even if Corey had not tackled Josh, or if Kyle had not tackled Josh, I don't think Josh would have been able to make it up that hill. So, yeah, I mean, passing it to Jeremiah, maybe, but Jeremiah was also struggling in the mud pit. That, that's the big thing about this daily challenge was that it was really difficult because people were just like, struggling in the mud other people i mean they were able to traverse it real easily but i just know if i was in there i'd i'd be dying it it looked really hard which i loved i love that aspect of this daily mud is so hard to move around in i mean obviously my only experience with it is like trying to get through a music festival but like i've gotten my boots stuck in there and i like have to go back and like carefully place my foot back in the boot so i can take the boot back with me it's it, it's not easy. Yeah. So Ed and Ashley, they become the other team to advance to the second round. Afterwards, Corey and Josh get into it with, you know, Corey mostly just like not talking to Josh like he's a child. Josh doesn't even know what to do in this argument because someone's actually being honest with him in a way that's that he's not used to. So he's just trying to hold back tears inside of him. And honestly, I feel like Josh is typically the past few seasons had Fessy as kind of like his bodyguard even, or just to like stand near him. And he doesn't have that. And Josh just faltered so quickly. It was funny to watch. Josh had no drink to throw in his face. So he didn't have any, he was normal. I was surprised he didn't go down there with a glass and get some like muddy water and throw it on him. I do want to point out, be a negative Nelly just for 0.5. They were having a verbal argument. I don't think punches were about to be thrown. A producer shows up. For Josh. I, I guess because yeah. Josh got that warning. Let him throw a punch. Let him, yeah. yeah. Like, let Josh I mean, jo- yeah. Josh isn't beating Corey in a fight, and he just knows that. He's just standing there all awkward with his mouth open. And <laughs> Corey, I mean, Corey's, Corey's just talking to him honestly, and he's, he's cursing him out like, you're not going to do anything. This is a real game. This is a man's game. And he's like, you know what? You're, you've never been to a final, and you're not getting there. So that, that, and that. <laughs> It was it was real awkward to watch. I mean, yeah. Uh, moving on, we had the second heat where every team, I mean, every team that was doing well, um, Casey and Emmanuel, they're doing well. Uh, the team that comes in first place in this heat is, uh, my bad, I'm, I'm stumbling here. Ed and Ashley? Well, yeah. I was going to say, oh. don't ask me because I'm getting the mix up already, but... 
Uh, Ed Nashy won that one for sure. And Nikki's right. They had a really good strategy uh, that worked to their benefit, clearly. Ed was the first one I saw um, that I noticed wasn't wearing shoes. And I was like, okay, like, I, I see the strategy there, you know, you don't you don't want to get a shoe caught in there. It might be easier to go through the mud without shoes on. Um, I am almost gagging at the thought of something between my toes. That's not for me. Uh, I hate the idea of that. Um, but I think that's how he was getting through quicker. Yeah, yeah I mean, because you can just imagine the, the thought process of being in mud and like trying to make sure your shoe doesn't get lost. Like, even if you're not thinking about that in your subconscious, you're like, oh, shoot, let me not lose this shoe that's attached to my foot. Barefoot, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. And then Logan and Nani came in second in large part due to Casey helping Nani and assisting her. So, I mean, they were working as a pair together, but it, even in nice confessionals, like, yeah, I was helping Casey too. It kind of sounded like she's like, uh, you know, uh, a bit. Yeah. Uh, then it comes down to three teams, Casey, Amber, and big T Casey tries to um, suplex slash tackle um, Amber from behind and it just ends up bad because they're on an incline. So what happens is that Amber is just sitting on top of Casey, and then she begins just straddling her. And in this moment, Big T gets the ball, uh, and Big T can just walk up to victory because Amber decides, like, well, if I'm not winning, Casey's not winning this daily challenge either. Big T gets the W in this situation, and her and Nelson are in the final round. And I want to point out in this moment, it was clear to me why I like Amber B this season. No, she's not going to be called Amber. It's so Amber B. She is funny without realizing it. Like if she, like she thinks she's funny, sure. But like, it's funny in a way to me, like you're an idiot. When she's like, sorry, Nani, I'm straddling your girlfriend. I'm like, you really thought that hit. It didn't. But that's what's so funny to me. Like she is that character that last season I just loved to hate. And this season I'm just like, this is the reality you live in. So it was funny to me. She straddled Casey. Big T got up there. Wins across the board for me. I I want to say too, um, with Big T grabbing the win there, she did she did put some she put a lot of effort in because you see her um Casey and Amber fighting over the ball. And when Big T gets in there, she takes the ball and then throws it farther yeah. away from the two of them and then just walks over to get it i'm like that's using your brain also, she really she's just, yeah she's just so cute i was just like cheering her on i was like yes this, maybe maybe nelson's a good partner for her took advantage of the situation i mean i did not expect i did not expect these three pairs in the final round with you know big t and nelson logan and nani and then ed and ashley i mean they're not bad pairs i just didn't think that in this physical you know, headbanger type daily challenge that these would be the three we'd be seeing. Uh, it comes down to the three men in the end with Nelson, Ed, and then Logan just wrestling one another. And they're at, they just hit a point where they start arguing of like, who's going to throw a win to one another. Uh, and I have to note, Nelson has not won a daily challenge since Vendettas. So like, he, I think it's something like 30 or 35 straight daily challenges that he's lost. So he was, this is the closest he's been in a long time. And it's because he doesn't think things through. When Logan was arguing like, you'll be safe, you'll be safe, you'll be safe. I couldn't help but think, Ashley and Ed's names have been on the chopping block. They are the ones at risk for going in. Why the heck did Ed not say, I'm at risk, you guys are not. I can for sure ensure your safety. Because Logan could say all day long, like, you'll be safe, you'll be safe. He could not ensure that, like the house vote ensured that. Logan knew he was not going in on the household with Nani. So why no one was using their head in this moment is beyond me. I don't, I don't know about that because uh, Ashley and Nelson are not on good terms as it stands based on the way this episode went. And Logan is, you know, hooking up with Big T and Nelson is probably thinking like, well, that's my partner. Uh, you know, a win for Logan is a win for Big T in a way. I don't think it was the dumbest move. I I, I, I get what you're saying, I, but I don't think it was that dumb. I'm not saying for Logan it was. I'm saying for Ed it was. Oh, because yeah. Nelson's with Big T. They're a vet-vet pair. They're not going to be the house vote. They're not going to be the two that's called into elimination. And how Nelson couldn't see that either and kind of got some leverage with Ashley, who he knows is on his bad side, it just – it was dumb to me. And I know I'm pro-Ashley, but I'm I'm thinking outside, like, my own perceptions here. I think it was just dumb all the way around. I I just want to go back to that moment 
when the the three guys all realized they were just gonna have to fight over this ball. Like Ed's like, like you guys ready? <laughs> I loved that. There was like, I, like fun camaraderie there. I did too. I don't like the whole Big Brother like let's make a deal thing. Like this is a physical show, and I know that politics come into play, but like it didn't serve anyone for this to go down how it did. So maybe I'm just disappointed. You should only yeah. do make the deals when it's an endurance thing. Mm-hmm. You, you have to remember though, too, that this is round three ball five. So they're exhausted at this point. Cause like you, you look up that hill and you're already, you're already dead from the first heat. And now you've done two more and you got to go up and you have two people trying to tackle you. I, I, I think that's part of why it came down to that because you're just, you're, 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 you're gassed at that point. Um, I, I don't know. Asking Ed to think that through when we're talking about him just talking in a mirror as his political gameplay, it's it that's a bit of a reach. If anything, that's something that I think you kind of look for Ashley to do. Instead, Logan, instead Logan gets the win. Uh, Nani's happy; she gets her first daily challenge win in a long time. Uh, Nelson Nani. comes up, yeah. Nelson comes up short, and uh, Ashley's in tears. I want to point out Nani was like. I feel like this is really good for me. Like, I feel like I've not done anything this season and we're all Nani lovers here, but she's done nothing this season. And even this win had nothing to do with her. Um, Ashley was in tears, rightfully so. And you're right, Alan. If, if Ashley had been the one down there with Big T and Nani, she would have been like, guys, you're so well-loved. You're not viewed as threats. Like, let me be safe this week. And Nani and Big T would have said, okay, sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I do want to point out with Ed, his whole talking in the mirror thing, it was definitely his like commentary on the fact that he keeps getting these like vet partners where he, through most of his own choice, never really gets to talk gameplay with them. I don't understand why you wouldn't just approach people. When he first got in the house, people loved him. I mean, not I'm not saying they don't now, but that would have been a good time. I would have been like, okay, let's talk gameplay right away. Um, and- but I am agreeing with you, Luke. Like, Ashley... Ashley would have maneuvered it so that she could have won. That probably was like her crying was so justified because I would be so frustrated with like, you know, my destiny in somebody else's hands. Like just like watching from at the top of that hill. Like, what are you doing? And if you're Ashley, yes, the vet alliance has, has paid off to this point. But if you're Ashley, this is day one of the challenge. Like yeah. this is every season before the first day where Ashley's the target because it's been pretty even playing grounds with vets. This is the first day for her. She knows what's coming or what should be coming. I just, I think she's being a little too paranoid outwardly. Um, she's oh, crying too much. And like, even, even, but no, I mean, it's getting to the point where like, it's becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy with her where by her actions of being so paranoid and crying, that she's putting a target on herself when it's not always there. And even Amanda, after the daily challenge, was like, kind of just like looking at her, like, "What are you, what are you doing, dude? Like, j- just do the numbers in your head. You're not going in." Uh, and that's the good thing about having Amanda back because she, even when Amanda can get all riled up, she's still logical. Um, and I want to point out because Alan's exactly right. You know, who knows what happened in the meantime? And we'll talk about this here in a little bit after Amanda said that. Ashley, the rest of the episode, no more paranoia. She was on her shit. Yep. Amanda's very level-headed, which I like yeah. a lot. I feel like she's a very beneficial friend to have both inside the house and outside of the house. 1,000%. And, yeah, Logan and Nani are our daily challenge winners. I like the setup. I like that, you know, people had to earn this win. It wasn't just, you know, we got to see it all. And something I want to know is that the crowd element of this daily challenge really elevated it because people were cheering players on as it was, as it was happening. And I don't like daily challenges like the water one this season where they, you know, went under a cave because nobody knows what's going on. Whereas in this daily challenge, there's nothing rigged about it. People are watching it. They, they see everything and not to be that guy, but everyone looked awesome in this daily challenge. (laughs) Like their bodies looked great. Yeah. Everybody looked incredible. Yeah, and to to backtrack just a moment, we've complained all season long about some of these dailies could totally be rigged because they're in heats that are timed. I was so worried this would be the case. Whoever gets their five balls the fastest out of the two, three heats, whatever it was, uh, but it wasn't that way. It was it was pure athleticism and in some cases strategy. So I really enjoyed that. 
Can I just sort of off topic say my my theory here is that if Casey and Nani had never met, Logan and Nani would have been a thing on this season. Ooh, I could see it. I hate. I that. feel like they're exactly one another's types. You could still hate it um, and know that it's correct. I usually hate most people Nani goes for. So yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, let's move into the actual strategy and gameplay portion now. And moving into the elimination portion, when we get to the arena, Logan and Nani vote in Jeremiah and Amber. They make this move because Nani and Casey do not like Amber. And Logan was the one who actually said the idea. It's like, well, they're lovers. Uh, I'm not really close with either of them. And it's a good idea because you get a rookie out and you get a vet out all in once. And it's a strong player. Uh, Either the runner-up of last season or the champion from last season is getting eliminated tonight. And not to mention... Corey's made it clear that Jeremiah's one of his numbers. So this is just definitely a screw you to Corey. And, you know, Nani has it figured out. If you're going to insult someone, give them a compliment first. Amber B beat me in the final. She smoked me like, you can't blame me. Because what are you going to say to that? Oh, I can blame you. It's not true. It is true. Yeah. I, I'm just a bitter person. I'd be like, no, I blame you because I'm going in there. Um, can I, I don't know. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm like, 98% sure that Logan said, I'm voting for Amber B. <laughs> I could only hope. I on last season. I, <laughs> I, I need this confirmed, if anyone can confirm this in the comments or or something. Oh, man. I, I, will, sure. I will say, like, this episode, I would have never expected those two to be Nani and Logan's vote, to be honest. Like it makes sense. It makes total sense. But we had no foreshadowing to this. We had no conversations where they felt threatened. We had no conversations where Nani and Logan were like, these two for sure. So it kind of threw me for a loop. It was smart of, of Nani, though, because it does solidify that, that trust between her and Priscilla. Yeah. Like, it was like a, like a silent nod. Like, I told you you weren't going in. And Logan got to do the same thing with, like, with Ed and uh, Nelson. Plus, uh, Amber had just straddled Casey, so that, that's part of it as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the elimination, uh, players have to be on this beam that is uh, kind of like a, tra- a trapezoid-type, triangular pyramid-type uh, beam. Uh, it's Unbalanced very balanced beam. It's very hard to balance on. It's very hard to get your footing on. And the players have to hold hands together as they carry an uneven amount of beams. I don't think you're. Really, I think they said in the rules you could only carry an odd number. So that means you have to either carry one or three puzzle pieces in your hand. I guess you would have carried five, but that would have been really difficult for some teams. Um, and they had to go across the beam multiple times, drop off their puzzle pieces on another platform, go down, repeat the process, and really quickly we find out once a team steps on the beam for the first time and then just falls and then another team steps on it and just falls. This elimination is very difficult. Yeah. I thought the beam was in place, but when I realized it was like hanging and would shake, I'm like, I'm out. I couldn't do it. All of them were just swinging like Theo. Just it was, I was a little surprised that like once they fell down, they just had to like crawl back up the ladder. Cause I, I don't know. I don't know why I wasn't expecting that even though I could clearly see it. I think that my strategy would have been to have um, my partner, who would have been Emmanuel in, in you know, my love life and there, um, holding one bar and then I'm holding another and we have one in the middle and then I scoop my hands under the bar there and then he scoops his, the one closest to me. I feel like that would add, I would have some good balance. This is me pretending that I'm on the show as well. Uh, <laughs> I would have just been flying around though. It looks when, uh... When I saw the trailer for when I saw this in the trailer, the angle was a little bit weird, and I thought it was one of those eliminations where you had to go up a like salmon ladder together as a pair. And they did that elimination on uh, X's two and Rivals three, and they've done things like that, or even uh, Josh and Amanda's elimination somewhat is like that from War of the Worlds one with Cam and Ashley. No, it was completely different, and it was actually much harder than that because these players had to find a rhythm and a strategy that worked for them to. Not only just stand on the beam by themselves, but then together and then move. Uh, Jeremiah and Amber eventually find a strategy where Jeremiah leans in. She gets into a crouched crab uh, position. 
And it works for them. It's it works for them though, uh, because Amber starts using her hamstring slash lower body strength, and it gives Jeremiah more leeway because he is a two hundred and ten pound man. And when your body slash heights don't compute, you need that little bit of leverage space, and it requires a lot out of his back and a lot out of Amber's hamstring side and like deltier and uh, yeah, that part of her body. They start killing the elimination. I want to point out, (laughs) I want to point out so badly, in the middle of the elimination, Amber, who is competing to stay in a game for a million dollars, she knows the stakes, she's won the game before, stops to say, kiss me, kiss me. I know that her love language has to be physical touch because she is always touching someone. Focus, focus, focus. Because they had a very strong lead. Focus. Hey, they, they've fallen down so many times that probably that kiss took two seconds. Like They're, they're going to fall off in any minute. <laughs> I were competing with a love interest of mine, and she said, hold on, hold on. I'd be like, okay, what, a new strategy? Kiss me. I'd be like, wait until we're done. We are competing for a million dollars. Make me kiss you goodbye. Let's keep right. crab walking there, Mr. Krabs. Keep going. But- but this level of just insanity that seems so real for her, again, is only further making me want to see her on my screen. And I hate it. If you <laughs> listen to the podcast last season, I was a big Amber B hater. But this season, I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm, I'm on it. I'm on the team. One thing I do want, besides all the money that Amber won, that, that Amber got to have, um, was a little, a happy little high five cool thing with jeremiah he gets to do that with like every partner he works with and i don't have one that's i just want to be partnered with him for one thing so we can have like a cool handshake and they do like a little kiss at the end which like adorable um my favorite one that he did though was with priscilla last week they were they were amazing together yeah. i mean I, I think i said last week i think that Pris- uh, priscilla and jeremiah was the prettiest elimination duo ever and this week Jeremiah and Amber might be the prettiest elimination duo ever. Uh, just gorgeous human beings all around. Uh, Corey and Bettina are struggling. They are not doing well. They can't, I mean, they try to do the crab thing and it's not going good for them. At one point, even when they drop all their stuff, Corey gets hit in the back of the head with all the planks. And you know what happens? Corey's struggling. He's feeling old. He's like tired. Bettina says, let's just, let's just switch it up. Let's just try my thing. If it doesn't work, we give up and we just we just we lose the elimination like what could it hurt they start doing priscilla's method which is them getting very close together holding each other's hands and almost like like not slow dancing but two-stepping just going across the beam fast just in motion and rhythm which i think at that point in the elimination Corey's nerves were just over because he was exhausted and her nerves were gone because she doesn't have any she just her brain's empty and she just went through this elimination and suddenly they start going fast and they're just speeding through. And really at the end, when Amber B and Jeremiah are doing their last trek, Corey and Bettina beat them out. And then Bettina, she solves the entire puzzle for them. This girl comes from out of nowhere with, I think, one of the best elimination performances ever. Because she calmed down Corey, then did the puzzle. Like, that's your vet partner. And you just beat a champion? Ever maybe a stretch, but it was phenomenal. It, I mean, she calmed down Corey. She, I mean, like that's a, like he's he's won a lot of eliminations. He was he was looking like he was ready to give up. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it goes back to what we said. She did not care. If she lost that day, she was going back to Sweden, and she was going to laugh her little life away. She had she had the mindset to be like, okay, this isn't working. I'm really not that anxious. Let's just try something else. It works. Puzzle, phenomenal. I have to question, though, and this might be a little off base, but if Jeremiah had been sent down with Priscilla because of the move she made the week before, would they have been more successful? And I only ask this because the week before they were so good at communicating, as opposed to Amber, who was like, Jeremiah, I can't do it. Jeremiah, my arms. Jeremiah, my legs. I don't think Priscilla would have done that. So it it leaves me questioning what the different outcomes could have been. But props to Bettina because this episode, she's she's shown herself. I, I want to see Amber play an individual game. 
because we had her rely so heavily on Darrell, her husband, you know, father of her children, um, and then like so heavily on CT, and then like it was it was a bit needy for me to watch that. I felt a little bit of like secondhand embarrassment. Um, I, I understand, you know, you want your partner in the game and, you know, your your showman's partner to, you know, you want them to encourage you. But again, a kiss in the middle of the game. And I don't know, I think Amber would have struggled with the puzzle. I haven't seen her do too great with puzzles. People can correct me all they want. Probably won't read it. Um, <laughs> I This was Bettina's best elimination ever. I'll give her that. I know it's her only yeah. elimination, but still, I it worked out really well for Corey because, as Devin said, Corey somehow managed to complete a puzzle without even touching it. My my thing with yeah, my thing is I just I you don't ever see a rookie like that just take the lead and take the straps on and just completely shift an elimination like that. That looks that difficult. Um, I I'm gonna be honest. I think Jeremiah stunk this elimination. I think he was too big. I think he was really clumsy. Um, I think his elimination is running a straight line in a hall roll. I think that's what he's potentially good at. Um, so Amber, like, yeah, his back hurt, but that was the position they were doing that succeeded. And she had to put herself in really awkward angles. And I, I think Amber actually killed this elimination. Like, it's, it wasn't her fault that Jeremiah's, like, really clumsy and really big and not compatible for this elimination. Um, it's... I thought she did really well. I think Jeremiah is just not a good competitor. I think I think that's what it comes down to because all all season, he's just not done well in these challenges. And he won that elimination with Priscilla where they killed it together. And I think maybe he and Priscilla could have done well, but I don't know if Priscilla could have gotten into those angles that Amber did. That's true. I think uh, Jeremiah would be a good fit on Flora Bama Shore. Even then, Nikki, I really don't. <laughs> like Drama-wise, he doesn't do much. But he's which, funny. Unironically, which sometimes doesn't translate well. I here's my question. TJ said to a few people after he sent them packing because they've just lost humanation. Would love to see you back next season. He said it to Huey and Berna the week previous. Uh, he didn't say it this this episode. I can't imagine Jeremiah coming back. But Amber B, I have a very serious question. She was clearly an alternate this season after winning her rookie season. That's that's pretty bad. Like production did not value her enough to bring her back off of that. Her edit last season was very lackluster. You would have never thought that was a winner's edit. Do we think that Amber B can drop the B in my heart and be invited back next season? Did she do enough this season? I don't think so. I think oh. that. Oh. <laughs> I'm shocked. I can't believe you said that. I, <laughs> I am too. I found the fight between her and Esther um, not very entertaining. I found the, the Josh and Fessy argument uh, more entertaining. I don't. I think that, and especially given the fact that Amber right now is seeing someone and she's like so happy and in love, I think, and it's not Jeremiah. I think that she would come on and be very boring. I can see that point of view. Here's why I think production would be like, okay, she's a shoe in. She knew the assignment by coming in as a replacement. Okay. She showed out, she did the big spectacle. Her fake positivity rubs people the wrong way enough now that it creates drama. The season before it was just like, okay, she's a nice girl. She has that champ factor She's shown I can hook up, I can be involved in drama, and I think her being in a relationship is even more of a reason to bring her on because you know they love to expose cheating women. And Amber B, I- I'm not saying she's a cheater, like I- I'm not trying to make her out to be this bad person, but she loves people hard. I can see her on a season having one of those moments like John A had with Zach, being like, I have a boyfriend at home, but I love this guy. And we get to see that that carnage of Baby, I love you, but like I'm gonna marry this person here, and it's like Ed's brother Mitch. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I just I feel like not you, Mitch. You didn't even back. pick the right Mitch. Mitch Reed forever. Amber I, no, I'm I'm on board with Luke though. I I fully agree with him. Amber B to me did way more this season than she did in her winter season. 
she was she got into some drama, even if it was some of the weirdest drama ever as passive aggressive. And she called people bullies for having opinions. Uh, she got into a hookup. She won eliminations. And she's a lot better on these challenges. I, I, I think also part of it of why she was an alternate was that there was limited American spots. Uh, whereas next season, if it's just more of an open pool, I think she's a shoe in. But I, I can't. I, I mean, I, if, if, if you don't think she deserved this like to come back for next season, then she shouldn't have been on this season. Then that's the argument. I, I agree with you guys on some of your points, but she's like, she made like what, like one friend all season. So if (laughs) Huey doesn't come back with her. No, listen, I get it. Nikki. I'm just telling you the, the, her, her, the whole concept of Amber B it's like locked in my brain. It's like, I took acid and my brain fully realized what Amber B is. And I think if she comes back next season, even if she's first boot, like that will just be exactly what her storyline is. Like it just is perfect in my head. No, I get it. I get it. I'm with you. She can steal Ashley's. Cause she, as soon as she came in, she's like, the champ is here. And I'm like, I know. I'm like, thank God the target's off my girl. Yeah. Like, uh-huh, yep. Only champ, only female champ here. I guess we'll find out next season though. Because we cannot leave off. We have our winners, Bettina and Corey, who, as Alan said, already gave us their plan, which I thought was pretty cool. And we're waiting. And TJ says, rejoin the group. Yikes. I, yeah. Like, what? And the trailer doesn't really tell us what's going to happen. Tori deals like, I don't have a partner. Oh, man, what's going on? It's like, well, your partner's dead. He doesn't have anyone other. That like, come on, relax. But yeah. what could happen from here? And there are some potential twists. Uh, War of the Worlds one, another partner season, uh, became individual at one point. I, I could see this season going the same way. Which, considering we had our best episode and since like week three or four this week, um, the fact it could go back to individual really pains me because I'm finally getting into all the partner swaps and all the potential iterations of teams and politics. Oh my god, I hope it's not individual now. Two thoughts. Wouldn't hate two big teams, but that can also just be really boring as we saw in World of Worlds 2. But I'm always going to say that production rigs for CT. I halfway think they thought, okay, Bettina's going to pick CT. We don't want to risk him being thrown into an elimination on a season where there aren't skulls. Let's keep him with a strong partner. Yeah. I'm also thinking maybe a purge and then new teams. That could be it. Um, I, I, my thing, the reason I didn't mention two big teams is that currently we have 18 players, which is not a clean split of men, male and females, which if they guess they want to do five females and four males and five males and four females, but I don't see them doing that either. Um, what Nikki said is players are competing uh, in the first daily challenge they competed in this season, which if it's the same thing where you try to find a new partner and the new game starts that way, that could be kind of interesting. Maybe a purge as well. It could really go any way. What if it's the same challenge that they did, except this time, if like Huey and Ashley came in last, this time they get purged. Or like Ooh. there's some where you like, I don't know, chip away at the cinder blocks or whatever are there and there's like no name or person there for you. It's kind of like a crapshoot, you know? I'm seeing the vision. Yeah. I'm liking it. I'm with Alan, though. It's like, don't let it get good and then, like, just pull it from us. Like, don't like, don't tease us. It's like, okay, here's a good episode. Like, the bets are going to go home and then be like, oh, we might shake this up or it might just be the remaining rookies go one after the other. Had me at the screen, like, I'm at me. I'm like, Mr. TJ, what do you mean? I like how they turned around to the, like, okay, but... Like, really? You want us to just go back to the group? Yeah. Even even if they just got rid of the partner-stealing twist, I'd be fine with that. Because what we're getting right now, what, what this episode was, was really good. Just keep it going. Just keep this yeah. track going, and you'll, you'll have a great season. Because we had a great episode. Although, with Alan just now saying there's 18 people left, I'm like, good God. We have a lot of season left. Uh, this is about the time the train stops rolling. So... I, hopefully this twist or whatever's to come next episode revitalizes a few things because this episode was good. It was. I'm feeling good about it. 
Um, hopefully, they don't uh, they don't f it all up for next week. Yeah, it's not going as badly as Double Agents because I think at this point last season, I think Teresa got eliminated around this episode, or I think Amber M lasted eleven episodes, Lola lasted like twelve episodes, and those were bleak times. I mean, I mean, I like I like Teresa, but like that's how that's how early in the season it was because Teresa came in like twelfth place. Uh, so, um, yeah. At least it's not this total season, madness. This, yeah, this season has been a major upgrade over those previous two. Um, where it fits into the, you know, the grand scheme of things, we, we don't know yet. But, uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe. Follow Luke on Twitter at Final Reckoning. Nikki on Twitter at the Nikki Sin, Caffeine Confessionals Podcast on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at the Alan Aguirre. And just have a great day. Yeah. Have a spooky day. <laughs>